0: So, this week we stop and give thanks to, to God that while the earth might be His, this God who is overall shares with us and provides for us on a daily basis. And we give all thanks and praise to Him for that. I've chosen this passage from the book of Joel for a short sermon this morning. And the book of Joel is tucked right in there at the end of the Old Testament, and it's part of a a bigger collection of books known as the the Minor Prophets. But the thing is, although these books are referred to as the Minor Prophets, they have a major thing to say to us. That might be a political thing, or or a social thing, or indeed a spiritual thing. And the only reason that they're referred to as minor prophets is because their books are much shorter than the so-called major prophets of like Isaiah and Ezekiel. But Joel has a a major thing to say to us, and I've chosen this in chapter 2 this morning, because I really believe it speaks to us um, where we are as a people and as a world at this time certainly it it touches me in that place um, where how i'm feeling about certain things at the moment you see in chapter 2 we read of these locusts coming and ravaging these very very well may have been real locusts who were coming in and savaging the harvest of the israelite people but the locusts are also used as a kind of metaphor a metaphor for external forces that that sent disarray amongst the Israelite people. And this is God telling them that there will be a day when you will get through it. And at the moment, we still find ourselves in a world that is turned upside down, continues to be ravaged by the the coronavirus. Various parts of the world who have it much worse than we do at the moment. But just like the Israelites that Joel is writing to, we might find ourselves not being able to do the things that we would normally do in the ways that we would normally do them. This morning is proof in point. We might be filled with a a kind of fear or an anxiety over what the, the future looks like. There's that uncertainty of not knowing when we can start to do things in a more normal way. But God is forever faithful. And these biblical truths are solid. God is saying to us that you will get through it with my hand. As I guide you through it and my help, you will get through there. And you see, the thing is, when we find ourselves in that place of of uncertainty... Or fear. It is really important that we rely on God, that we we recognize Him as the ultimate provider, the one whose promises are secure. And just this week I, I was I was reflecting on on John's first letter, First John chapter four. There's just two verses that, that are amazing. When John writes, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. There is no need for us to fear but as we look out into our world, we see so much that is broken. It can start to overwhelm us. We rightly reflect on the climate disaster that we're currently going through. We see so much inequality in our world, inequality in the distribution of our planet's resources and wealth. We still haven't found peaceful ways Peaceful ways to resolve conflict. We see war after war after war. And the only outcome, the only outcome is more pain, more suffering, more inequality. And of course, the COVID virus is still rolling on. And there are some countries in our world that do not have the means to combat it in the way that we have. These can all contribute to our feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, hopelessness. But ultimately, God's faithfulness, God's love is more powerful, and He will triumph. And that's not to suggest that we just sit back and do nothing. Far from it. We need to know that regardless of our Circumstances, the way that we look out into the world, the situations that we see, regardless of those, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And God's perfect love casts out fear. You see, fear is cast out by God's intervention in our world. By recognizing that God has a hand in our world, we'll be able to move past that place of fear, and put our faith in the one who is faithful, the one who controls everything. And God's ultimate intervention in our world was found in Jesus, that by sending Jesus into our world, he wanted to interact with us, wanted to show us all what this perfect love looked like. This perfect love that can cast out fear, what did it look like? Well, it looked like the person of Jesus and his willingness to go to the cross. At our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, we were looking at Isaiah chapter 53. And we are able to take from that that even to this very day, the world might ignore Jesus. The vast majority of people ignore him or very worse, see him as weak and irrelevant. But in Isaiah 53, we read that his sacrificial love, his sacrificial love is how he shows his ultimate power, that Jesus is powerful. Jesus went to the cross in our place and secured our eternal life. And if that's not ultimate power, then I don't know what is. Ultimate provision, providing for our need. God says that no matter what you're going through, I'm willing to go through it too. My God, who is with you, and you will get through it. You see, the thing is, when we realize God's forgiveness, God's willingness to be with us, then it brings us joy. And it might not be the, the kind of joy in a sense of balloons and, and party streamers. We might get to that point, but it's not all, it doesn't always start there. It might start with a, a deep sense of peace that we haven't had for a while. A joyful peace that we don't go through our lives by ourselves. That we don't have to go through things that we're struggling with on our own. When you realize that God is in charge, you recognize that restoration can be completed. It doesn't mean that we'll necessarily become individually wealthy ourselves. I don't prescribe to that kind of theology. But it does mean that we have a God who is making a promise to meet our daily needs. That He'll come to meet us in our place of need if we need Him. Joel is relaying this prophecy to the people. And it's a reminder to them that while they have clearly gone through some really tough things, and that life in general can be tough, especially when outside factors play their part, there will come a day, there will come a day when they'll get through it that their Father in heaven promises that he will meet their needs. But even more than that, because we read in verse 26 as Joel is writing down what God is saying to us, and God says that there will be plenty, not just just enough, but plenty. We read, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never again be put to shame. God is promising to bless those who follow him. That those who've put their trust in him will be able to eat from that harvest, but not just eat, they'll have plenty to eat. There will become a day where they will never, ever be in need and never be put to shame. But the thing is, we look around our world and we still see so much need. So I guess the thing is, we ask ourselves the question, what should our response be to God's amazing provision in our lives? Well, our response should be filled with thanks. We come here this morning for our Thanksgiving service, and that's right, a full-on Thanksgiving to God for His provision. God wants to bless His people. We read that even in the midst of struggle, God will send the rains and the water when we need it, that we need that nourishment. We're so thankful that in our part of the world, we don't have to worry about year-round droughts. We might complain about the, the rain at times. We don't have to worry about whether there's going to be any water coming soon. We're blessed with it. But unfortunately, there are plenty places in the world that that's not the case. You know, Elizabeth and I are supporters of Tear Fund. We're kept up to date with things that are just happening in the world that are just so tough, but we also read of the projects that are going on to to help and combat these things like drought. We should be giving all thanks and praise to our Father in heaven that our current climate, our current climate, allows us to live not only with what we need, but far more than that. However, we know that that's not going to be the case for very long if we continue to abuse our planet, continue to contribute to this climate disaster that we currently live with. The thing is, while we give all praise and thanks to the one who provides for us, we also need to act that as a church we might need to reach out to those who don't find themselves in the position that we are. It might be that we support a charity that looks to provide water to areas of the wor- world that suffer from droughts. It might be that we support the work of charities who aim to feed people who are starving. It might be that we help support those who build homes for people, those who look to shelter those with no fixed home. Because it wasn't part of God's plan that there would be people on this planet who would have to go without the most basic of human needs. Food in your belly. Water to quench your thirst. A shelter over your head. However, unfortunately, in our world, there are still far too many people Far too many people that go without food, water, and shelter. And as I said, this is not always on the other side of the world. Unfortunately, it's right here in our towns and cities. The role of the church should be to reach out to help those who find themselves less fortunate than we are. As I say, it's not a case of thinking that it's across the world. There are people right here, and it's not part of God's plan. What is part of God's plan is that the church would step up and act. And as we read in verse 28, Joel writes down, Then afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Pouring out his spirit. And it will be his people. Who receive insight. And the tools that are needed. To make a real difference in our world. That while there was a time. Where it was only prophets. Kings and judges. Who would receive this special revelation. God now pours out the spirit. To allow all people. To access the gifts. For the work of the kingdom. And we know that the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost breathing life into that church. That the church would become a vehicle for change. A vehicle for driving forward with kingdom living. That it was never part of God's plan that there would be people in our world that would have to go without the most basic of human needs. And it's right that we give all thanks and praise for what we've received in our life. However, we also need to give thanks and praise even in the times that are tough, when we feel helpless, we look upon God, because God is promising us that he is with us, that he's not a distant God. There will be a day when we will get through it, and that as part of our thankfulness, our response would be one not just of words, but of action. And as a church, we would reach out. We've brought gifts this morning to help support the work of Lodging House Mission and their local food bank. And it's a shame. It's a shame that they have to exist. But we are so thankful that they do because the need is real. And we have this opportunity to partner with them in their ministry to people here in our part of the world. And even if you at home can't be with us today, you might want to consider contributing to the work of these two amazing bodies, either financially or dropping off food at one of the food bank bins that you see in the local shops. that our gift might be a way of giving thanks to God for the provision that he's given in our lives. We might wish to give some of it back so that others in our community might not have to go without. And I'm aware at home that there are many of you who live far away from Rutherglen. So you might want to think about ways in which you can serve at home wherever you are in your local context. maybe the next time that you're in a shop you might feel led to drop a few items in a food bank bin. It might be that we look at ways in which we might be able to serve by providing money to charities that ensure that those who are not able to have food in their belly, water to quench their thirst, or have a roof over their head, that they might get one step closer to that not being their reality. You see, this week we stop and we give all thanks and praise to God for His material provision and also for providing that perfect love. The love that He offers us that is found in Jesus, that perfect love that can cast out all fear. So having received these good gifts and as an outpouring of our thankfulness, let us be sure that we are ready to act, that we don't just say thanks with words, but that our thankfulness is led to action. That we would think of ways in which we might help others receive access to the most basic of human needs. food water, and shelter. Until that day, until that day that we read of here in Joel's book, when all will have plenty and be satisfied. Shall we pray? Father, we do, we thank you We thank you for that love that that casts out fear. That perfect love that is found in our Lord Jesus. And we thank you for everything that you've provided us in our lives. Lord, again would you inspire us to action. That our thankfulness would not just be words but that we would take on that call to go and be your hands and feet, to lay our helping hand in front of those who need it. Inspire us, strengthen us, help us as a church and as individuals to serve the people here in our part of the world, And by our small gestures, might big moves of the kingdom happen. All this we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.